Hello, and welcome to the Betsy, Betsy Boss Podcast. Welcome back. We are here in Philadelphia, bunkered down because right. we are getting a little nervous about a little thing called the coronavirus. COVID-19. It is here. It's queer. Deal with it. It's, and we're in fear. We are living in fear <laughs> over here. And let me tell you, the prices of hand sanitizer oh, skyrocketing. If you can find them. If you can even find them, which they're completely clear off the CVS shelves. Yep. They're on Amazon. They were like 80 bucks yeah, for I a saw big that. one. I mean, it is out of control up in here. And we were just talking about how our offices all of the personnel are completely <laughs> panicking. It started on Friday. And meanwhile, you know, we don't mean to like make light of it or anything like that. But no. we have been told that it's, you know, not that big of a deal if you're young we and healthy. through Swine 09. We live through SARS. I think we'll, we'll get through, through this. this one too. Well, and I personally, as a patient of Swine 09, oh. um, really... Swine like, 09 survivor. Yeah, Swine 09 survivors. <laughs> I caught swine in 09. And you're it fine. Was, and I'm fine. <laughs> Living my line. <laughs> Living my life. Crossing the line, maybe. <laughs> crossing no lines. Um, crossing the T's and dotting the oh, I's. Oh, there we go. But it was fine. I mean, it yeah. was terrible. It wasn't great. Yeah, it was like a bad flu. It. But you lived through it. And here you are to tell the story about it. Um, and I just think it's probably not all that bad to yeah. get this coronavirus, which is hysterical that it has that name. I mean, <laughs> talk about a good Halloween costume oh, idea I, when that rolls around. Was, that's what I was saying. Like, how have like frat boys not made a party out of this one like oh, the coronavirus <laughs> right. it's infecting everybody right. yeah corona lights all around it's contagious oh Oof. but yeah so we are sort of that's what's going on around here in philadelphia um they're just starting to diagnose cases in montgomery county delaware yeah. county first one on friday um, yeah, the first one on Friday, which is sort of what spurred the panic. It was mm-hmm. in New York, and then it made the jump over to New Jersey and into Bucks County, which is, you know, a little, little ways away up north. But it's not far enough that it's not going to come down here. I think it's just... It's inevitable. Like, yeah, it's, it's becoming yeah. something that we're just going to have to deal with it. We'll see when it hits. But neither of us are overly concerned about the prospect of working from no. home for a couple weeks. Oh, my I'm kind of hoping I'm... for it. Oh, there actually have been some funny memes on some accounts i follow where it's like stay inside oh no work from home oh god oh dear don't come out for the next three days okay like <laughs> very well worst case if I scenario have to. oh my god twist my arm yeah sit at home eating soup all day that oh, sounds great yeah i mean Although, terrible oh, the only thing that does actually what i'm more concerned about is the fact that like if stuff is going to actually shut down because of it. I don't agree. Yeah. I don't think it's any worse than probably the flu. It's your typical, the elderly are more susceptible type of thing. But I'm more concerned that if panic breaks out and yeah. stuff shuts down, then what? I don't know. I'm paranoid that like if Rite Aid shuts down and I can't get my medication or something like that. Oh like, God, that's, such that's a good what's point. scary. Although I have to say, I mean, <laughs> the CVSs are bustling. Whoever owns <laughs> yeah. stock in Lysol, oh, oh I, uh, I saw the stats Terrell. on this. It actually yeah, in, what are they? in I they I forget what they called it, but it was like hygienic products, essentially um, lumping like Lysol, hand sanitizer, whatever, went up eight hundred and some Whoa. percent in the last like couple months. We should have bought stock that and I the swear. masks. I yeah, mean, they're yeah. flying off the shelves like hotcakes at this oh. point. 
we missed out. Missed we our, really did. Missed our opportunity there. Oh, my God. It would have been good. Absolutely. And you know what's also fun? It's, it's International, International Women's Day. Day, which is super fun. And it's also the month of March is Women's History Month. So today is sort of the epicenter of this cool historical month where um, it's really what our podcast is all about, is just finding what's interesting and fun and weird about women's history and delving deep, figuring out how it applies today and what's kind of still exciting or fun or weird to learn about. Yeah, it. just stuff we didn't know before. And the fact that, like, you get so much sanitized, huh, yeah. pun intended. Um, Link to the day's topic. Yeah, exactly. Women's history, where it's just you don't learn about these different topics that I think we want to cover. So Ooh. speaking of hygiene and sanitation, today we're talking about feminine hygiene products um, and sort of the history of that and how they came about um, how they've changed over the years and you know who invented them Um, but before we get into that I thought it might be fun to share (laughs) the stories of our first period which borderline is the worst time in a young girl's life I mean it is terrible it's embarrassing yeah without the period it's disgusting it's a terrible time oh it's already a terrible time um it's just it's gross yeah horrible yeah and I don't care like I think we had the video in probably fifth grade where it was you know your body and you, like, Ugh. you know, changing whatever. But nothing can prepare you for that. And you're not prepared. You don't want to talk about it. You don't want to deal with it. And nope. as I think I told you earlier, I cried when I got it. And, oh, same. Ugh. For days. I yeah. mean, oh, I was like, I don't want to grow up. I don't want to have this. This is really happening. Oh, yeah. It oh, awful. it was horrible. And especially, how about the realization that this was going to happen to you every month for the rest of your life? Yeah. Well, well. Until menopause. <laughs> but even so, that's a long, that's a long time. time between, the, you know, let's say the first decade of your life yeah. and, you know, the last few decades of your life. Right. You're bleeding for like five yeah, decades. Yeah, I was going to say, let's say like 12 to 50. Like, yep. that's a long time. And that's if you're lucky. My God. Right. Um, but I don't know about you, but my, um, first period story was extraordinarily humiliating. Oh, it God. just is full oh, God. of is it your classic good time drama. Embarrassment? Or... Oh, just classic embarrassment. So I was the world dumbest kid. Oh no. And... Were you Carrie Jr.? Oh my gosh. Basically <laughs> Carrie Jr. over here. Um, so I, I guess started getting my period and I expected, I learned about periods. I like right. knew what they were supposed to look like, whatever, but I had expected like blood yeah. and I thought it would be red. Like I thought it would be <laughs> bright. I thought it would just look be different than it really looked. Yeah. So, and I really thought it would come out at like a rapid speed. Like I thought it was going to come <laughs> screaming out of my vagina hole. And right. what actually happens is not that. I no, mean, you might get same. like a teaspoon yeah. every hour if you're lucky. Oh, first well, time. If you're unlucky, yeah. I guess. But so basically the first day I saw stuff going on on my underpants <laughs> and I was like oh my god I shit myself like I've got skid marks on my I underpants. I wiped too hard. Yeah I was like damn I like really because it was like sort of brownish whatever yeah. and like I was a gross kid like I you know probably pooped you know and wasn't like yeah insanely judicious about the toilet paper or the wipes so I was like oh my god I went and you know, didn't wipe myself oh, well awful. enough. And so I ignored it, right? Oh. I mean, I, like, wiped myself, whatever. And there really wasn't anything going on there. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I'm good. So then oh. the next day, it picked up ever so slightly. Oh, but it was, still looked like 
a not shit a, yeah, it skin. wasn't a lot. It was just kind of like a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. And it's like brownish, smearing, you know, it's like rusty staining. colored. So I was like, oh, okay, you know, this must just be a problem, you know. With, yeah. Like maybe I've got some diarrhea. Have I learned about hemorrhoids? No. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what's going on in here? Boop, boop. Um, so the third day came and it was like not good. Oh my god! Right. So it took you till the third day. It to was kinda... the third day. Okay, <laughs> have, I, have a come to Jesus moment. It, it was a come to Jesus moment. So and Jesus like fully. This oh, is my Jesus body. This is my out. blood. Yeah, you know. Right. Um. So I'm at school oh and god. I just had let it go at this point. I was wearing blue terry cloth pants, which were in the oh, fashion at that were time. Were they juicy? They were juicy, baby. Oh. And they were yeah, they were light blue. I want everybody to picture the oh. sky blue oh, I can see and the, the little contrast. J, the little J uh, a zipper. Oh, toggle. gorgeous. Yep. And I'm sure I had the matching top as well. Um, and I was pretty fat. I looked like fat bastard oh. in a terry cloth oh, suit. <laughs> so it was pretty rough. I looked like the looked guy. like a mobster. Like yeah. In your terry oh, cloth, I looked like, like Tony Soprano suit. as a fifth grader. I think I was 11 years old. I was about to turn 12. It was sixth grade. And you know what I wanted oh, to do God. that day was climb a tree. Right? Oh no! I swear to God. So good, healthy exercise. Oh my God, I was this in is a sixth movie. grade. Yep, it was dark, and at that point, I mean, like I said, there was not that much stuff happening. No, downstairs. yeah, same with my yeah. So I was like, at that point, I was like, eh, something's probably wrong with me, but I'll I'll bring this up later. And <laughs> yeah, I'll deal with for it. now. I'm climbing this tree. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I'm getting up this. I'm oak. still a child. <laughs> I'm just I'm shimmying up this maple, and then I'll I'll figure out the blood right. stuff later, or the poop oh, stuff, God. whatever it was. Yeah. So. Climb up the tree, and a lovely young girl, I went to all-girls school, had the decency to point out to me that there was stuff going on on my butt. Oh, God. It was bad. And I was up there in the tree on display for the whole campus. Yeah, where was it showing through? So it had just totally gone through, which is your worst fucking nightmare. And as you don't know as a kid, like... It really doesn't go through unless you leave it unless there you for do three nothing. days. Yeah, I, I, that's what I'm saying. Day three is like day fucking three. Yeah, so, not good. Oh my gosh. So get this though, that wasn't enough to clue me in because no, even though I thought like not. I knew about periods, I had read right. Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret. Oh. But because I was 11, I don't know. Like I just I thought it was too soon. Something was going yeah, on. Yeah, it um, happened for years. Yeah. So I went home. I guess my mom brought me, took me home. And I just, like, I looked down at my pants, and I realized that it had, like, bled through. So I took off my pants, and I just walked into the kitchen holding my pants in my underwear and bawling my fucking eyes out. I thought I had rectal cancer. I was like, it's anal cancer. That's it. Like, something's really wrong. I'm bleeding from the ass. 11 years. I'm done. Yep. I'm done at 11. This is my final swan song, and it's I'm covered in blood. I look like the black swan. Um, I was perfect. It was perfect. (laughs) And, right, swan hunting over here. Like, Elmer Fudd out here. It's swan season. But I... I was It's a period. Period blood. (laughs) But I was mortified. And my mom was like, bitch... You're dumb. <laughs> yeah. You just got your fucking first period, idiot. And you I was had like, it for three days, how have you slept through right? this? What the talking? fuck is wrong with you? So essentially, she taught me how to use these giant diaper pads. Oh. Which, oh my god. Oh yeah. How about the first time you use a oh, tampon? Yeah. Then we'll cover that as well. Oh, I yeah, but, I have, yeah. That's dark. Mm-hmm. Um, and the humiliation didn't end with this lovely story. Oh, god. But I realized from then on that I was cursed with this horrible affliction and. Every month this shit was going to happen and we yeah. were just going to have to deal with it. And she made me tell my dad. 
No. That was horrendous. Are you serious? That so is, she was like, that tell is your dad what happened to right there. Oh, it was humiliating. Oh, good God. I, I, I was I, like, I'm very I'm thankful. Dad, I, I guess my vagina bled today. I'm a woman. Yeah, I, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I'm, I'm 11 and I look like a fat Asian <laughs> young boy. No one w- would want to have children with me, but they can. Yeah, now they can. I am a well-oiled machine Ooh. and I'm bleeding like a banshee out of the ass crack. So... Congratulations to me. I think my dad just hugged me. He was like, what the fuck is going on here? I think if he ever wanted daughters, my dad is a big girl dad, but like, I think in that moment he was like, fuck me. Why didn't I have sons? Yeah, where are my sons? Oh, God. Where's Ben Jr. when we need him? God, little BJ, and I don't mean that. (laughs) I don't mean that. But yeah, that was was rough. It was traumatic. I hated it. And ever since, I mean, it's been just a lifetime of periods. I I will say that I was not expecting that. Wow. That that is definitely a story. Mine is not as exciting. Just definitely sad and cried over it. But <laughs> I remember being at school and I was in sixth grade um, and I went to the nurse and I was like, I don't feel well. I, I, I just don't feel well. Um, and because I had gone to the bathroom and it was, again, like you said, just a little bit something going on down there knew about your period and i was like no it's not happening this is not this is <laughs> not it. yeah denial the is your best stage. friend yeah before grief or anger it was just you know full out denial and so i spent the it was towards the end of the day I spent the rest of the day in the nurse's office um so i guess i i had an art lesson that day and i took the bus home still bleeding a little bit still a little bit worried and i was like in denial it's not happening classic still gonna go to the art lesson and i remember going into my parents bathroom grabbing a panty liner and yeah like that's gonna do much yeah good luck try holding back the nile with like one brick oh seriously jesus take the wheel or or part the seas (laughs) um but at that point actually it did do enough so i went to the art lesson and then came home and then realized it was still happening. Ugh. God, like, looking back at this, like, how did you sit through anything and just be like, blah, 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 going to this class, isn't happening. whatever, <laughs> like, blah, 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 we're all good. Outright denial. Yeah. But then I came home and then finally had to confront it. And I went to my mom and I'm like, I think I got my period. Oof. And I started to cry. And <laughs> that was it. That's how it yeah, goes. That's, that's, that's the story she... That's all she said. There wasn't any more or whatever. It's as fun the, as it gets. Yeah. So. Ugh, well, that was nothing compared to putting in the first tampon. So I wore pads yeah. until high school, like all through high school, because tampons freaked me the F out. Ugh. I was never good with needles. I was never good with blood. Ugh. Putting something in my body, just yeah, it wasn't in the cards for that. me. Yeah, I wasn't feeling good about it. So um, I went over to my friend's house because she had a swimming pool and Uh-oh. I was maybe like 15 or 16 years old. And she was like, you know, let's go swimming, whatever. And I had gotten my period and I couldn't go swimming right. because I couldn't wear a tampon or put in a tampon. Wear a tampon is so weird. Yeah, that's it's like when people <laughs> say wear a condom. I'm like, but only like your one yeah, body like, part wear is that wearing with a hat. Too, yeah. Like, like put a put a little suit on him. Yeah, like, <laughs> He's like, ready for the ball. Where's his bow tie? Like, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I couldn't put in a tampon. So I was like, I, I don't I think I can't really swim because I can't do this I don't yeah. I don't feel comfortable putting in a tampon and my friend really encouraged me and she was like just do it don't worry about it it's no big <laughs> peer deal pressure yeah major <laughs> peer pressure so I put it in 
and it wasn't high enough. Ooh, and ooh, yeah, anybody I feel like who you has could been really there, do some damage. My with this. virgin vagina, having never been touched by anything, ooh. was in such pain that thing clung to the walls like a goddamn velcro it was excruciating i had to sit in the bathtub and just pray for a miracle for a long time after to figure out how to get that thing out because it just it like attaches to the oh my god it was it was dark it was dark it's like and whoever came up with this thing, I mean, we know who came up with well, it because we'll we looked you. into yeah. it. But it's like, clearly, I can know without even having done this research that the guy who invented the tampon <laughs> was not a woman. Right. Because it's horrible. It's a bad idea. Who would think it is? And it's a classic <laughs> man solution of, hey, there's a hole. Let's plug it up. Yep. And let's fix the problem. We're not worried about problems. We're worried about solutions. Right. And let's just shove a bunch of shit up yeah, there. Stop until, the bleeding. Yep. Stop the flow of blood. <laughs> I guess that's where that phrase came from. Right. <laughs> Cut up the bleeding. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, did you have an equally pleasant experience? Uh, well, I actually, I just remember. So after the first time, speaking of uh, tampons, I got a very heavy flow after that. Actually became anemic. Um, in the next couple of years and eventually discovered I had PCOS. What a delight. Oh, fun times. Um, so usually the two don't go hand in hand, but I had a rare case where you got your period regularly, but very heavy. Um, and so after my first time, my mom was like, you have to start using a tampon and a pad because you're just going to bleed through everything and you can't do that. <laughs> like you can't be walking around just bleeding, bleeding like a banshee. Yeah. You can't be dripping down your legs. So, um, I just remember though, her saying, you'll figure it out one day where you won't even have to look and you can just like, whoop, just like plop it up in there. And I was like, no, that's never going to happen. There's no way. <laughs> um, but I guess every woman, you know, if you use a tampon, you figure it out at some point and yeah, it becomes second, second nature. nature. Yeah. yeah. But, oh, my God, I can't imagine because there was – there were a lot of misses at the beginning. Oh, and yeah. And that is painful. Well, and it just goes to show you, I mean, any part of your body that's not out there for you to see right. is just super confusing. And, you oh. know, when it comes to, obviously, guys figuring out the female anatomy for, you know, <laughs> other purposes – it's always sort of a weird, like, dartboard effect right. of where the fuck is everything? What's going on down there? And you just don't know. I mean, it's your own body, but you really don't know. I had no idea how to put in a tampon. No. I'm pretty sure I was trying to, like, put it into my urethra. I, I think I'm I, shocked <laughs> I didn't put it on my butthole. I, I, I'm scared I may have put it into the wrong hole, wrong angle, something. <laughs> Who knows? Something just impaled my oh, liver at some God, point accidentally. Seriously. But, ugh, it is just... It's a real trip, honestly, if you haven't tried it. And it's awful to think, like, 12-year-old, 11-year-old kids, like... mm. Having to deal with this stuff. Yeah, it's awful. Oh, it's terrible. But basically, I mean, I think that sort of sheds light on the fact that feminine hygiene has always been this uncomfortable, taboo topic. Super taboo. Um, And one of the articles that I was reading to prepare for this episode actually emphasize the fact that feminine hygiene is a euphemism like it's not even really describing what it is isn't that crazy that like you don't think about it till you actually think about it right exactly and it's all these products that are associated with um getting a period and like genital cleanliness and contraception feminine hygiene i mean it sort of lets us pass by any sort of reference to the actual female anatomy it's just you know saying well this is girl stuff 
Have fun. Yeah, good luck. Here's your wipes. Here's your tampons. <laughs> Here's your wipes. Enjoy the tamping. The <laughs> tamp on the ramp. Tamp on the ramp. Uh, oh, yeah, in the 1920s, um, this was kind of the term used to kind of skirt around the whole um, obscenity laws, mm. which prohibited the sale of contraceptive items in commercial space. So um, this was kind of the way of, don't know why that was considered that, but... The way of getting around it. Right. And this one professor that I was reading um, an article by, um, Shara Vostrel, she works at Purdue and she works in kind of the women's gender and sexuality studies department. She was sort of saying that all of these feminine hygiene products have the same interest in making women seem healthy, making them seem like there's nothing wrong with them, and making it seem like they don't get periods at all. Um, so all of the products that we're talking about today, like tampons, powders, douches, whatever, um, help like the public really avoid the awareness of women getting their period. Um, so like you said, I mean, you know, even the advertising for the products just is sort of reassuring the women that no one will know you have your period. Oh, there's not going to be a great shame in, in yeah. you know, letting anybody know that you're you know, bleeding down there. Right. And, you know, there's no sound. There's no public awareness right. at all right. of, you know, this shameful, horrifying secret that you're carrying around. Exactly. Yeah. And it was even, you know, it kind of, it it was interesting to read these articles because it seemed like it made sense that it's kind of portraying it almost as a handicap where it's like, yeah. you're not able-bodied because you can't do, you can't ride a horse or you can't play <laughs> soccer or you, you can't, can't go do, swimming. Yeah, you can't do all these fun activities. But if you use a tampon, no one will know. and Because yeah. God forbid they know. Right, right. And actually, the epitome of health is actually having a regular period. So Right. Which yeah, is, it's, it's kind of crazy. A, um, Very counterintuitive. Yeah, hypocritical. Yep. Well, today I saw that the global feminine hygiene industry is worth $15 billion. It's crazy. It's a ton of money. And, you know, women don't view these products as being convenient. They view them as being totally necessary. You can't perform just like the responsibilities of daily life in your home, at your workplace, with your family, or in society if you don't have these products to hold you together. Absolutely. Can you imagine just like... Having to get all in it. Yeah, just, well, that's another thing I wanted to talk about, this whole free bleeding movement. Oh, I know. That is really something different. I I get wanting to, like, destigmatize it, but I don't know. To me, I I don't know if you saw about the girl that um, was running, I don't know if it was a marathon or what it was, but she purposefully decided to not use a tampon or a pad or anything else that and just was free bleeding and to me it's like okay if that happens i don't know if you've ever seen this is awful too another male runner where he had some explosive diarrhea <laughs> no <laughs> oh it's awful and so like he finishes the marathon but he's got like shit rolling down oh, his leg God. and so like awful terrible but no one's gonna fault him for wanting he's put in all that training finish it out but like so same type of thing if a woman is bleeding it, it starts her period starts as she's running the marathon don't stop won't stop just absolutely keep, going. keep on rolling through where they lose me is the purposeful nature that's what i'm yeah like don't show up starting i don't know it just, to me it's just like yes why stigmatize 
but if anything, it just is not helping. Oh, no, not at all. And I think that's just going to skew people out more. I mean, yes, it is a natural bodily function, but we don't put our natural bodily functions out there for the world to see on purpose just because they're natural and just because they shouldn't be stigmatized. Yes, everybody poops, but if the guy had purposefully (laughs) shat himself and ran the race, I think we'd look at it a lot different. Oh, my God. Yeah, if he showed up and we were like, take a modium. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Dear God, do it for all of us. Seriously. No one wants that. But, um, yeah, one thing I thought was really interesting that I think kind of lends itself to why this whole discussion about periods, discussion about uh, female hygiene products has grown so much over the past decade or so is the fact that before the 1800s or even during the 1800s actually women were having a lot of children and Mm -hmm. there was a shorter life expectancy so if you think about it you're having multiple children let's say five to six and your life expectancy is maybe 50 years the majority of the time during your fertile years is going to be pregnant or lactating where you're not going to have a period so, so true. dealing with a period was actually a much more rare event than it was to be kind of like we experience today where you have your typical 28 days or month or whatever where you have your next period and you're planning for it. So that's interesting. I never thought of it that yeah, way. That, like that when you really spend your whole me. life pregnant pretty right. much. You know, you really don't have to deal with having exactly. a period. I mean, it's a whole other ball of wax and a whole other yeah, it's a lot thing more to deal with. It's a lot. much bigger I pain in the ass. for the tampons and the children, but... <laughs> right, exactly. But no, that's an interesting way of putting yeah. it. Yeah. So those products, I guess, weren't as much of a necessity. Right. Plus it was women, so they probably were just like, whatever. Yeah, they were just it. like, beyond the rag. Exactly. <laughs> the rag, yeah, which was a literal rag for a time. Right. Just rolled up a bunch of fabric and sat on it, I guess. Yeah, I saw it was... Mostly made of flannel or woven fabric, and that's where that whole on-the-rag term came from. I still use that term. It's not a very (laughs) polite thing to say. Well, but the one thing that I thought was interesting was um, that a lot of the things that we see today that I think are, you know, I see and I'm like, wow, that's really innovative. Like the period underwear, which I think we should talk about at the end. Oh, absolutely. Which is very interesting, but I'm like, wow, who would have thought of that? Well, if you go back to the like late 1800s, early 1900s, they actually had some of these items in obviously less, you know, productive or, or you know, viable Forms, versions. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I know I can't even think of the word. Um, but here we have the protecto, the sanitary <laughs> bloomers. And these were rubber pants, bloomers or underwear lined with rubber. So to me, it's like oh, that looked horrible, which looks awful and not absorbent at all. Oh, that's what I was wondering. Like where rubber, like where's the solution? Uh, yeah. Here? Like, is it just collecting in the bloomers? Like you're going to have huge thighs by the end of the day with Ugh, all the blood. Can like, you imagine? Oh, yeah, it, it's crazy. But it, it it's interesting because I just all of these things. I'm like, wow, this is very new and very novel. But like. I don't know. People had these ideas way back when, too. Yeah. And what's funny is, I mean, people were getting their periods since the beginning of time. Right. So it's sort of like, why is this the best you could do? Right. I mean, maybe that's not nice, but <laughs> I don't know. It just seems like it took a very long time definitely for did. all of this to come about and for a real viable solution to be thought up. Yeah. So the things that I saw from the very beginning, because I always wondered this, too, like, 
even the 1800s I still kind of see as modern times. But what about people way back when, before, you know, we had as much history recorded like we do today? Um, so what I found was that in the Greco-Roman times, they would use, which sounds very scary to me, lint wrapped around wood, Ooh. which were inserted like tampons, yeah. which just terrifies me. Oh, that sounds like it would tear you I, up. It, it just, I, I don't care about the lint. Like, ooh, ooh, yeah, the, the lint wood. alone yeah. is disgusting, like, but then, ooh. oh, wood? Yeah, it just, ooh, I, I, I can't imagine. But, oh, that's horrible. Oh, yeah. my God. And so um, also in Japan, which kind of makes sense, they'd use um, paper to absorb blood. At least they were sort of getting it. Yeah, they're they're on their way. But, ooh, paper cut down in there. Yeah. Oh, God. No, ooh, thank you. Ooh, you're already bleeding. Don't need more. Yeah, don't need more to add oh. to the pile. You don't even, can't tell where the wound is. Yeah. Um, but then Native Americans, too, would use items like moss and animal skin. So, not again, it's not desirable, but I'd take that over paper Ugh. or wood and lint any day. Absolutely. <laughs> Talk about a yeast infection, Ooh, though. Oh, God. Yeah. Yucky. Yeah, so then they also had these aprons and suspenders <laughs> I did in, like, the too. 1850s and 1870s. Ugh. Um, and, ugh, it was just so sad. I mean, everybody must have known. There's just no way to really avoid showing off in some way. I mean, even if you're wearing these suspenders under your clothing, I, I don't know. That sounds pretty intense. It almost sounds like a back too. brace. Yeah, exactly. And finally, I mean, Johnson & Johnson – finally marketed yeah, they were um, the a ones disposable kinda, pad yep. in 1896 but a lot of people weren't into that they were right. kind of skeeved well and the thing that like it was a major breakthrough because it was you know disposable which again you weren't carrying around these rags or washing these rags so um but something i saw that was kind of interesting that there was this whole taboo about having to actually buy these products and oh, um, yeah, they could like put a little penny in the yeah, jar. Yeah, like it was almost all I think of is the equivalent today with buying like depends and stuff like that, oh, where you can get them discreetly delivered to your home, you know, address or whatever. It's and, a wonderful option, actually. Yeah, it's it, but like to think, I don't know, I, I don't see feminine products like that and just think that people did see it like that back then. It's just, I don't know, it's very different. Yeah, it sure is. And now it's so easy to just walk up with stuff they have cute boxes you know right. nothing's really that scary to purchase or that embarrassing to purchase at least you know for us now that we're in our late 20s it's sure yeah oh god middle school days were ooh. yeah that was another story I yeah mean, that was definitely embarrassing and you know of course you'd go up to get your stuff checked out and there would be some guy of working course. at the store that you knew from your little school and ugh with like your super jumbo tampons or your <laughs> giant pad right. diaper situation. Ugh, it was rough. Ugh, I can't help that I have a f heavy flow. And a wet And a wet <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, so basically, um, well, in 1920, um, I saw that Kotex actually, which is still around today, which is nuts. Yeah. Um, they sold the first pad actually, that was yeah, made that of cellulose. Yeah, that is crazy. That's, we're a hundred years right now. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Oh my gosh. To the day. Mm -hmm. Not to the day. Well, to the year. <laughs> to the year. <laughs> it was this cotton acrylic blend that was used for bandages in the war. Yeah. Um, and there were just warehouses full of this stuff um, that were left over after the war because they had all these 
you know, this need for bandages to be readily available and accessible. And I have to kind of laugh because I feel like so many of our episodes, so many as in four, but so <laughs> many points that we've talked about have come back to the war and yeah. leftover products. Like- right. <laughs> exactly. And all these products just skyrocketed because it was what was around. Right. And, you know, people, the women kind of got the leftovers and used the best of what was left. Right. So the menstrual cup, though, the diva cup or whatever we're kind of seeing today, I always, again, thought was something kind of newer and kind of hip. But it actually goes back to kind of the beginning of all these products. And in the 1930s, Leona Chalmers, I guess you would pronounce it, um, she was a woman inventor. She patented the first menstrual cup. Kind of cool that it was a woman who invented it. Absolutely. But the thing I saw about these early menstrual cups, actually before the one that she patented, was that there were kind of these unofficial, you know, people trying to invent stuff, coming up with different um, products or whatever. Um, And this, again, skeeved me out a little bit. They were made of rubber, which, okay, fine. And horrible. Other times, aluminum. What? Meanwhile. What? Good luck getting that in your body. I mean, I don't know what people do. I don't know what your hobbies are. But good luck shoving an aluminum stick up your... Oh, my God. Just call me balloon boy. (laughs) Is there helium in that? Oh, good God. Take it away. (laughs) Well, it just... It makes so much sense that a man invented the tampon, like we were saying earlier. Yeah. um, Because it was made of cardboard and cotton. I mean, the only considerate thing that he did was to put an applicator on it because then you wouldn't have to actually like touch your own body right you could just kind of shoot it up there like a uh you know launching pad um (laughs) but what was funny is this guy invented you know the tampon and he proposed the idea to kotex and they passed oh yeah they were over it they were like no they did not like it one bit they thought it wouldn't work they thought it was a terrible idea um in 1933 this woman who was pretty wise this woman gertrude tendrick um bought the patent and founded tampax which of course is still around today right um and the tampons actually were advertised only for married women oh yeah this was yeah that was a weird thing and that sort of was like a mean girls thing too oh yeah um because they thought that if women used tampons they would lose their virginity because they were inserting you know this thing into their bodies but i mean realistically speaking i mean unless you're really just not well endowed at all um a tampon is like you know the size of your little finger maybe right i mean it's itty bitty obviously it expands well it clearly shows the like depth of uh you know male understanding of female biology exactly yeah um so in 1937 what was actually kind of funny is that mydol Um, which had previously been used and advertised as headache and hiccup relief, (laughs) um, was totally rebranded as what we know it to be today um, as period pain relief. So that was kind of a cool thing. It was a little bit of an accident, um, kind of like Viagra type of situation (laughs) where you realize that the drug, the intent isn't as great as one of the side effects. Yeah. Um, so that was sort of a positive side effect that they found with Midol, and obviously that's still on the shelves today. Well, and I remember my, like, being, I guess, probably, like, high school, older middle school, and being like, I need Midol, too. And my mom was like, it's the same as Advil. Like, <laughs> <there's> <laughs> It totally is. 
Although I didn't know it was um, treatment for hiccups as well. Yeah, I didn't know there was a treatment for hiccups. I wonder if it really works. Nah, give me a break. Yeah, come yeah, on. I'm skeptical at best. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, mm. We'll see. Yeah. Um, so the next thing I have is in 1956, we have Mary Beatrice Davidson Kenner. This is very <laughs> Say interesting. Say that three times fast. Yeah, that's, a, that's quite a, a bunch of names there. Uh, but she was the first, well, not the first, but she was a female <laughs> African-American inventor. And she patented the sanitary belt with adhesive, which was groundbreaking. Ooh. Yeah. Now, I don't know about you, but my mom, like, talks about having had these around. I mean, not having, really? I don't think, used them so much. I, I've never but, heard about it. Yeah, she would talk about these, how you'd wear a belt and it would, like, hang sort uh, yeah, of between I saw the your pictures. legs, between the belt and she said it was horrible. I mean, Ugh. in light of what we have today, I'm sure it was yeah. groundbreaking at the time compared to some of these other inventions, which just sounded terrible. But, you know, now, I mean, they had to, like, strap it into this belt. That's insane. <laughs> and imagine having to wear that thing and how disgusting Ugh. it would get. Ugh. Yeah, that's actually really true. Like, yeah, the the sanitary pad is, is disposable. But, like, this thing, what's going on with that? Like, Ooh. ugh. Yeah, not a fan. Um, something that I, I thought was funny too, we were talking about earlier, well, before recording this, the American girl book, the care and keeping of you, which I think every girl had and secretly read and all, you know, we could all talk about it now, but it was something that you did not talk about back then. It was very taboo. Yeah. But it was so funny. I found these booklets, these educational booklets that were obviously marketed to young girls that were just kind of growing up. And the, the, from 1949 to 1972, and the title of the book was Growing Up and Liking It. Ooh, <laughs> like, who likes what it? What if I don't? Like... Never grow up, honestly. It's the worst. I hate oh, every minute of it. God. God almighty. Yeah. But yeah, those books were actually pretty revolutionary. I remember, I mean, they were sort of pornographic. A little bit. Which is kind of <laughs> funny. I mean, they had like, it was wonderful in a way because it sort of, told you what to expect meanwhile i'm still waiting for the body parts they said were gonna come which to come. stage of breast yeah, development are my, you in my breast development never really took off it's sort of still i think i'm at the, the breast nub stage i believe they called it or breast buds, buds. yeah which ugh, ugh, that sounds yeah appealing. that's not a term i like but yeah i mean neither i mean if my boobs turn into flowers oh. someday then maybe i'll like yeah. it but for now that they're just boobs yeah you know so I guess moving, the only thing I have for the 60s, and tell me if you have anything more, um, it's kind of the late 60s, 1969, we kind of finally have from Stay Free, which was the first pad that we were talking about that I used, that like massive like diaper <laughs> pad when you first got your period. Love those. Um, this was the first one made in 1969 where it had adhesive but did not need these awful belts anymore. Thank, Thank God. God. Yeah. Ugh, I would not have lasted a day. I, yeah, it would have been, I would have curled up and died in, in the 50s, 60s, 70s, whatever. Right? How are you supposed to do anything? Ugh, awful. Ugh, just horrendous. Um, but I just had a note about um, basically how any sort of advertising for menstrual products on TV was banned until 72. Yeah, that was, that was, so there was, oh, I know I, I, definitely wrote this down somewhere yeah um so before 1985 the word period in relation to menstruation 
had never been uttered on American television. Insane. Which is crazy. And That's Courtney Cox crazy. was the one to do it. She it's, broke the chain. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be there for you. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the thing that I think is really, I wanted to look into a little bit more, but uh, didn't have the chance to, is the whole toxic shock syndrome oh, epidemic yes. that it looked like from 1979 to 1996, there were about 5,000 cases of this. It's a ton. And it, it really was tied back to the um, the materials used and this whole idea of super absorbency. And clearly, that was not the way to go. They were getting a little tampon happy there. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and yeah. it, it just, it it's scary because that was always the fear of like, especially with having a heavy flow, like, I needed to use a tampon overnight, but I was scared to death for the longest time. Because... Yeah, because everybody told you you were going to get toxic right. shock syndrome. Right, yeah. And we at our all-girls school, I mean, we always have talked about how at neither of our schools sex education was anything. Know, was anything. <laughs> yeah, worth a damn. And um, so our nurses at um, school, they were the ones who gave the te- sex ed talks. And they did talk about how TSS, toxic shock syndrome, was an epidemic back in the 70s um, when they were growing up. And they basically said that what the women were after at the time and what what everybody wanted out of their tampons was this wonderful dry feeling of just like wicking all the moisture, all the blood away. And unfortunately... They really did a great job making this product that gave people this incredible, like, it just was super absorbent, sucked all the stuff away, and you were left with kind of this, like, really full, absorbent, loaded tampon. just sitting there. Just sitting there and, like, causing this bacterial reaction. It's really, really scary. Yeah, I think it must have been these educators that... Like, their generation, when they were talking to us, because I feel like there was definitely a fear instilled in all of us about this. When it really, like, by the time it got to us having our periods and using tampons, they figured it out. That, like, hey, let's not make it super absorbent. Let's not use this polyester material. Like, ugh. So, it it definitely is something that's worth being aware of, being cautious about. But I think the fear was definitely heightened beyond the point it needed to be, at least for us. Yeah, it was like a hand-me-down fear Yeah, you know, was based on another time's issues and another time's products. Well, okay, this one I actually – I don't know if you saw this, but this was something I had never heard about before that was really interesting. Um, So, in 1971 – the, this was, I guess, across multiple women's self-help clinics. Um, they introduced the extraction method, <gasps> which sounds scary, is scary to a degree. <laughs> but if it sounds like a duck, walks yeah, like a duck. It, it's probably a duck or a, or a I don't know. <laughs> it's probably a tampon um, yeah. that's been lodged in your body. Yeah, so it was a it was a byproduct of um, women having more access to um, safe abortions and this whole uh the method of extracting a fetus and the whole abortion process and what actually happened was it was a suction device that evacuated the contents of the uterus so (gasps) it essentially shortened the period from about five days to just a few minutes which is crazy to think about can you imagine a few minutes well uh, think about i mean uh, to what you know about an abortion it's essentially the same type of procedure obviously a little less um invasive 
but for your period. So it pretty much just kind of, you, you start your period or you're about to, and it just kind of takes all of that out. So it pretty much just wow. like that. So is this the kind of thing, I mean, you'd go in every month and like get this extraction? Yeah. Oh my gosh. So this was, there were a couple of reasons and that was one of them why it didn't really take off or um, become kind of a standard thing. So yes, you had to go to the doctor, which obviously isn't accessible to everyone. It's expensive. Um, and there was also the stigma, especially during this time, that it was tied to abortion. Right. So that was like, ooh, what are you doing? Um, and then kind of because of these situations, it never really got going. And there weren't enough studies to really say what the long-term side effects would be of having this done repeatedly. Ooh. So it sounds scary and it sounds crazy. I don't. It, I mean, it sounds great to have your period for, you know, a couple minutes. Three minutes. minutes. Yeah. yeah. How great is that? Who knows? You know, it, it never kind of got going. So who knows what could have been from that. Right. I, that just to me, though, I had never heard of that. I hadn't so. either. I had no clue yeah. that that was an option. It was pretty crazy. But I could see how it would be so taboo. I mean, oh, especially. And the that fear time? that must be involved. I mean, Absolutely. especially like... Think of a better name, buddy. Yeah, I you know. know. The extraction the method. Or, the oh, the extra or extraction method. Yes, Ooh, you're right. Either yeah. way, it's not great. Ooh. Yeah, but I just have some stats from the 1980s. Ooh, let's rock. Yeah, so pretty much by – this was when tampons really started to take off. And again, kind of the height of the toxic shock syndrome era too. Um, so in 1980, 70% of women were using tampons. Holy Which crap. is crazy. Like absolutely crazy. Um, and this was also the time when they had the um, the polyester tampons that led Ooh. to, which is crazy. Everything was made of polyester in the 80s. Oh, wasn't it, oh, though? God. The pants and right? the pads. <laughs> yeah. Bigger is better, including the hair. Right? Oh, God. Yeah, it's crazy. And and deodorant, ta deodorized tampons. And this was all kind of what led to that whole toxic shock issue. Um, 1990. So we have 1995, which... Uh, this would not fly today. We have Mar Margie or Margie Ostrauer. Ooh. Um, she was a former retail buyer from the greater New York City area. She created Time of the Month, Inc., which began to market novelty snack food. Oh. PMS Crunch. That sounds right <laughs> up my alley. Which is crazy. So there were basically two varieties, uh, chocolate mixed with nuts and other salty foods. Oh my god, and the wrapper is so 90s. Oh, it looks yeah, like, like the bubble letters. Like I I definitely wrote like that in middle school. Yep, primary <laughs> colors. Wow, I wonder how it sold. It didn't do well cuz it it failed pretty, you know. <laughs> it it crunched. PMS crunch. PMS crashed and crunched. It Ugh. crunched. Yeah. Um, what I thought was kind of cool is that I saw Scotland is actually about ready to become the first country that's going to end period poverty. Wow. Um, and it's going to do that by providing free sanitary napkins to women of all ages in the country. So it's really cool. Wow. Um, and this woman, Monica Lennon, she's a really neat lady. Um, and she's a lawmaker who actually was responsible for submitting the proposal to do this. Mm -hmm. Said she's totally overjoyed at this point. I mean... Um, tampons in this area are actually taxed at 5%. Wow. Um, and that's through all of Great Britain. And it's actually because there's this old school European Union oh, rule. Of course. Of course. That yeah, like obviously gets grandfathered in. Loophole. Yeah. And it's like a dumb, you know, Carry sticking over. point. Yeah. Um, that says that sanitary products are all luxury products. Yeah. 
Um, so there's this pledge in place to remove all taxes on period products by 2022. Wow. But it's really cool. I mean, it's going to be um, pretty groundbreaking that Scotland uh, yeah, is going to you know wow. provide these free period products to women, which I thought was kind of neat. Yeah, the whole tam- Tampax tax um, is what I heard that, you know, this has become a hot topic issue in the last couple of years. And I think it's definitely something that in the modern day that we live in, I, I think you probably can't look at it as a luxury. It is right. kind of, if you want to make it through. Yeah, like, how else are you going to? Yeah, and it, I mean, you're never too poor to get a period. Right, so right. You shouldn't be too poor to afford the products that allow you to deal with getting a period. Yeah. Well, it's so funny. I mean, Gloria Steinem brought it up in her essay, which was um, If Men Could Menstruate. <laughs> um, actually, I don't know if it's an essay or just like a book or a writing. Um, but she basically said that if men got their period, first of all, all the products would be free. Yeah. There would be time off of work. Oh, you know, it would just be a completely be different <laughs> ball game than it is now. Because yeah. um, it's really a pain in the ass. Yeah. And or a pain in the vagina. Or a pain in the vagina <laughs> hole. Um, in the uterus. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just funny how it's become sort of this shameful thing. I mean, it's really... they're. The products are getting better. The companies are getting better. I know there are a lot of um, different subscription programs that there exist are. nowadays yeah. who, by the way, if you want somebody to sponsor you, we'd be thrilled to do it. And we're a feminist podcast. Absolutely. Um, but I know Lola is one of them that sends um, period-related products to the home. Yeah. I saw Cora as well. Right. So it's nice to see that women are sort of trying to get ahead of this issue and make period products accessible and also um, make make the products that there's no questions about what's going in your body too yes i mean i think that's something that we often kind of just breeze by yeah, we overlook it yeah and it's sort of been touched on in a few of our other episodes but it's going somewhere really important and you don't want to just you don't want to not know what's going in there yeah. and what how it's affecting you. And if there is a more natural um, approach, I think most people would probably want to take that uh, approach. Yeah, I totally agree. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Betsy Boss Podcast. If you'd like to find us online, our Instagram and Facebook are at Betsy Boss Podcast. Our Twitter is at Betsy Boss Pod. Our website is BetsyBossPodcast.com. And if you'd like to email us, we are at BetsyBossPodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye.